Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Mean, and joining me as always is my partner in crime, Mr. Connor Lawler. How's it going, everyone? Um, I just wanted to come in early this week and say I know, I know this is a bold claim, but I'm making, I'm putting our name down and I'm claiming us as the best podcast ever. I know all oh. the votes have not been tallied. But now is the time to claim it. And so I'm coming in early. We're number one on iTunes. Joe Rogan, go fuck yourself. That's true. And now it's possible people might dispute that. But those Mm. people are wrong. I'm just saying, if you claim early enough, eventually you have to be right. Oh, okay. Let me try that, actually. Because I think that this is going to be the best episode of Hero or Zero we've ever had. Oh, see, there's, there are some flaws in the plan now, oh, I've just realised. No, no, he can't let me have anything. <laughs> so, this is Hero or Zero, Sean. This is the show where we choose one comic book character every single week. We talk their good points and their bad points. And we just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. I normally do DC. You do Marvel. So last week I did a DC character, which I'm sure was amazing, a bit robotic, if you will. Sean, it is your week this week. It is Marvel. I'm very interested. Have you chosen a great character or an amazing character? I have not chosen a Marvel character. Okay, well, look, I'm going to really quickly not do that intro again, and I'm glad you didn't fucking tell me. (laughs) Now I'm embarrassed. (laughs) There is egg on your face, sir. I look like a fool. (laughs) No, the character I'm covering today is from Vertigo Comics, which is actually owned by DC. This is true. technically, I'm on your turf. Okay, Um, this better be good. It's very good, or as the kids say, V good. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Do the kids huh? say that? What kids have you been talking to? Actually, no, don't, don't answer that either. Don't talk to kids. I don't talk to kids. I've never seen a kid. I haven't. Um, <laughs> if the police come round your house. I've never seen a kid. I've never talked to a kid. I don't know what kids are. I actually don't know. I thought people are just born adults. 
I am just unaware. No, I am covering um, V from V for Vendetta. Oh, and what made you choose V from Vendetta? See, V from V from v for Vendetta. Oh, Jesus. What made me choose V from V for Vendetta, you yeah, say? That's what I mean. that's the question I'm asking, yes. Well, yesterday was the 5th of November. And as we all know, remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot. Yes. Which is quite central to the movie version of V for Vendetta. It's actually like December 22nd or something. Okay, okay, I'm I'm all in. And so V for Vendetta, everyone... Actually, a lot of the people haven't seen that movie. So this might be an interesting just uptake on the character itself. Especially if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, I'm sure there might be some things in here you already know. But from a comic book perspective, they might have changed some things for the movie as well. That's very true, and I'll get into that at the end, actually, because it's quite interesting. Um, But I'm going to kick off with the report. Um, So V is the title character of the comic book series V for Vendetta, created by Alan Moore and David Lloyd. Um, He is, and this (laughs) this is some... A heavy adjective to use right at the start. Okay. He is a mysterious anarchist, vigilante, and freedom fighter. Mysterious e- anarchist. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, he's, he's, he's a quiet murderer. Rec- <laughs> he is, but he also loves a bit of showmanship. For yeah. those that don't know, he runs around in a Guy Fawkes mask and just like all black clothes. Yeah, he would be a big fan of the scene in The Dark Knight Returns uh, where there's a Batman symbol in the bridge in flames. He would be a massive fan of that. A bit of pageantry. (laughs) If you're going to fuck shit up, you've got to let them know. A bit of of glitz and glamour. Yeah, and so his whole thing is that he looks to topple a totalitarian government of a dystopian United Kingdom through acts of heroism. Sounds pretty good. Pretty good. Does he does he draw a Z and everywhere he goes? No, you're thinking of <laughs> Batman. <laughs> oh yes, sorry. Of course. So, and this is what I think is interesting. According to Alan Moore, uh, V was designed to be morally ang- ambiguous, so readers could decide for themselves whether he was actually a hero or just an insane man. Okay, that, see, that's an interesting way to go about that, but it's also very hard to pull that off. It is, and I think um, the movie is very, they very much fall on the side of he's a hero, don't they? I think you have to. I think you have to in movie form. Comic book is a little bit easier, you can be ambiguous as you say, but like in a movie form you have to have a protagonist and an antagonist. This is true, this is very true. Um, Now this might, this next sentence might put a bit of a scupper on the whole tell you the origin of a comic book character premise that we've set up. But V's background and identity are never revealed. Um, (laughs) So far, so good. (laughs) Now, you can follow us on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He is, at one point, uh, an inmate at Lark Lark Hill Resettlement Camp. And so this is um, one of many concentration camps uh, where black people, Jews, leftists, beatniks, homosexuals and ethnic Irish are exterminated by Norse fire, uh, which is a fascist dictatorship that rules Britain. Sounds... No, I'm not going to make that joke. It does not no. sound good. Nothing about that is good. We can't no. stress that enough. Even in joke form, that's a bit of frowned upon. 
<laughs> um, while he is at the camp, he is part of a group of prisoners who are subjected to medical experimentation conducted by doc- conducted sorry by Doctor Delia Surridge. Okay. Um, so bear that name in mind, and then uh, Louis Prothero is the camp's commandant, while Father Anthony Lillman. Um, is a paedophile who is also a vicar and he is there to lend spiritual support. I love that the paedophile came before the vicar in his job title. I mean, which will he be remembered for? Hi, I'm a paedophile and on the side I do a bit of the god worship. Everyone needs a side hustle, you know? Side hustle is the big JC in the sky. Main hustle, kids, really. To be honest with you. Um, all prisoners who are part of the experimentation all die with the sole exception of the man in room five now connor what is the roman numeral for five uh who um triple x is this vin diesel in that cage Do you know what? It wasn't easy to make a joke out of that, but I'm proud of you, buddy. Yes, it's me. <laughs> I can count. It is V. Um, So as a result of the experiments, the man developed Olympic level physical abilities and an incredibly expanded intellect. Okay, so so in my head, weirdly, I know obviously it's on a very, like a much grander scale, but it reminds me of Daredevil's, or or not Daredevil, um, Deadpool's origin. Just in terms of like, they tortured him and he was the only one that survived and his mutation came out. And he got exactly, he was the, like he was the culmination of so much just trial and error that it eventually worked. Okay. Um, so during the time he was in the internment camp, the man had a level of cu- communication with a lady named Valerie Page. Um, now Valerie was a former actress who was imprisoned uh, by the dictatorship for being lesbian, and she was kept in room four, and she wrote her entire autobiography on some toilet paper. And pushed it through a hole in the wall for V to read, so that someone would know her story. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's done really well in the film, actually, as well. That's one yeah. part I really, really like. Played by uh, Natalie uh, Portman. No, that's a different lady you're thinking of. Oh, sorry, uh, no, Natalie you're right. Portman sorry, plays no. someone else in no, the story. No, you're right, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, over time, uh, the man is allowed to grow roses and raise crops for camp officials. Um... Because just for good behaviour, they say, look, let him have a garden. Even know? though he's superpowered. Even though he's superpowered. Mm. He did, like, they're still studying him and testing him. So they just need need something to keep him occupied, really. Let's see and how quick he can plant some strawberries if he's superpowered. <laughs> get get the papers out, lads. <laughs> they're just there with a stopwatch. <laughs> Um, the man uh, eventually starts taking surplus ammonia-based fertilizer back to his cell, where he okay. arranges it in bizarre, intricate patterns on the floor. Oh, okay? no. This seems a bit creepy. It is. It is a little bit. Mm. He then takes a large amount of grease solvent from the gardens. In secret, the man uses the fertilizer and solvent to make mustard gas and napalm. To make okay. mustard. <laughs> ah, my make burger mustard. tastes good now. <laughs> Just to liven up that ham sandwich. <laughs> These lunches are really bland. <laughs> <laughs> On a stormy night. <laughs> Sorry. So, December 23rd in the novel and November 5th in the film. Okay. Um, he detonates his homemade bomb and escapes from his cell. 
most of the camp is set ablaze and many of the guards are killed by the mustard gas. Mm. Uh, the, the camp is evacuated and eventually is closed down. After he left, he adopts the new identity of V and dons a Guy Fox mask and costume. He spends the next five years planning his revenge on Norsefire and building his secret base called the Shadow Gallery, which is the most badass name for a base ever. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, what about the... the oh, no, of Solitude. The Fortress of Solitude <laughs> Fortress is of Solitude. Good. Fortress of Solitude, I think, is a little better. But if we were to name the recording studio there, Connor, yeah. what would we call it? The Fortress of Solitude or the Shadow Gallery? The room for the cool guys. <laughs> That's true. The cool kids club. No girls cool, allowed. Cool kids club. However, just we turn up one day. You're not allowed in. Shit. <laughs> it's not fair. We fired a bouncer. He deemed us unfit. <laughs> he looked at the list. You're not on the list. We're literally the only people. No, you're not on the list. Not with those shoes. <laughs> so after his escape uh, from Lark Hill, he, V kills off most of the 40 surviving personnel, making each killing look like an accident. Ah, okay. So he it's a bit of active revenge. One by one, picking them off. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, we break into kind of... the if, if we were looking at the story of V for Vendetta, it's the present day. Okay? So, okay. four years after he escapes from Lark Hill, uh, V blows up the old Bailey statue on Guy Fawkes Day. In the process, he stumbles across a lady named Evie Hammond as she is being accosted by several members of Norsefire's secret police. Yeah. Yeah, and there's that brilliant speech by Hugo Weaving where he says all of the V's, all of the words beginning with V for like a minute. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, whoever wrote that, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and whoever said that, fair play. Fair play. How many takes do you think it took? I, I think I think he's a one taker. I think he, I think Hugo does that one take, and then he looks at the camera and says, "Lunch? Are we going to lunch? lunch? We got here. <laughs> are, we, are we done here? Because we better fucking be." I think uh, he was wearing a mask, so they could have just dubbed it over. That actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Me and you pretended like he did everything on the set. He would have done a lot afterwards. I could only assume. I would say so. Um, so. Uh, after rescuing Evie uh, from the ne'er-do-wells, um, he brings her back uh, to his lair um, and starts training her to be his kind of not Robin is a is a is a weird term to use, but mm. uh, accomplice, I suppose you'd call her. Okay, so she's not in the Robin outfit. She doesn't have pixies. No, bits. no, not at this point in the story. <laughs> at no. this point, okay, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so V then kidnaps Prothero. Uh, who is now known as the voice of fate over the government's radio. Um, okay. You remember he was in charge of the camp, basically. Yeah. So he would be the top dog. This, this Weirdly, I just have only other references. So for me, this is very X-Men first class when he's one by one picking off the Nazis that held him. Yeah, exactly. Like He's just on the hunt the whole time. He just has a list. Um, he has a list and he's crossing names off it. That's yeah. all he's about now. And so he's at the big um, dog at the minute. Like, this is the man you really want to kill. Yeah, yeah. He's one of several. He's one of se- <laughs> I mean, they kept him in a camp. <laughs> of course. Yeah. They did monstrous things to everyone he knew. <laughs> yeah. And they ruined his strawberries. <laughs> he planted them for ages. 
He had a, he had a record time on those strawberries. <laughs> and they just kept docking seconds. Dickheads. <laughs> so, um, V drives Prothero insane by destroying his prized doll collection uh, in the manner of all the exterminations that occurred at Lark Hill. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I like that's the irony. Um, he then kills the uh, the vicar, who is now Bishop Lilliman. Mm. Um, he's made bishop this by is, forcing sorry, him. This is the paedophile who does the the, jo- the Jesus love it on the side. That that's true. I, yeah. I you know I neglected to mention the paedophile. I, I didn't. I, did, I actually didn't know who you were talking about when you said he killed the vicar. Because I was like, who's the vicar? I only know who's him as, as paedophile man. As, as the paedophile vicar. <laughs> Um, so he kills him by forcing him to eat a communion wafer laced with cyanide. Good. That's good. And then uh, he injects Dr. Delia Surridge. Um, so Surridge was the one person in Lark Hill who ever felt remorse for her actions. Mm. Um, so he injects her with a poison that kills her without pain. Yeah, so she still deserves to die, but less. Less painfully than everybody else. Yeah, like, he's not about making people suffer if they don't deserve it, you know? Although, in fairness, they did do Nazi things to him. Very Nazi things, correct. (laughs) So, after this, V stages an attack on the government's propaganda broadcasting system. Um, What he does, he straps himself up with explosives and forces the staff to follow his orders under threat of detonating them. Um, so basically he holds an entire broadcasting station hostage um, and he bro- he uses this time to broadcast a message to the people telling them to take responsibility for themselves and rise up against their government mm. uh, the, the oppressors yes exactly he then systematically kills the head officials of Norsefire ah <laughs> that's pretty good I mean that would yeah. normally do it it, it usually would. It usually yeah. would. Now, he, who he leaves alive is a man named Eric Finch, who is who he's the head of like the police force. But V like sees him and is like, "Oh, this is a decent man. He's just doing his job." Right. Okay. And this is where like V's insanity and you know moral ambiguity really comes into because it. Because so far we're very much on his side because he's killing Nazis. In the in the most basic way, and then he's got on the radio and said, "We should not let the Nazis rule us." So far, I'm with him. Where is this going to yeah. go wrong? So, after this, V radicalizes Evie. So what he does is he kidnaps and tortures her, leading her to believe that she is a, a prisoner in another one of the camps. Right. Um, so he, he fakes an interrogation and when she announces that she would rather die than uh, inform on him, he reveals the ruse to her. That, yeah, that's really fucked up. That's fucked She He tortured that woman. For no like, reason. For real. Because she's already for, on his side. Exactly. Um, now, she initially condemns him, but she eventually comes to understand what he was trying to do and becomes his accomplice willingly. Yeah, but that's because she has Stockholm Syndrome at that stage. Yeah, and she's been tortured. Yeah, like you're going to side with the person who just tortured you. To, so that they don't torture <laughs> no. you again. Oh, so there's either I agree with you or keep getting tortured. Well, you know what? I have you an option what? for you. I'm going to take door number A. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Uh, v explains to her that he is an anarchist in the most strict sense of the term, and he believes that all governments will eventually turn into oppressive fascist states. This was a bad week to pick this subject, oh, wasn't it? Oh, it's on the nose! <laughs> um, V's goal is not simply to overthrow the Norse fire regime, but to destroy the organised state entirely. Mm. Uh, he hopes that from the rubble will emerge a utopian anarchistic society. Uh, not, so, oh, the way he sums it up is, not the land of take what you want, but the land of do as you please. But are they not the same? They're very similar when you think about it. <laughs> I think that sounds like some something you read in a Christmas cracker. <laughs> like it's something <laughs> no, it's something that Jaden Smith would tweet. Like it sounds deep, but when you read it you're like, I think they are similar though. Yeah, and it's more of just like as the as the graphic novel goes on, you start to realise V's views mightn't be entirely correct. I'm I'm I was with him with the Nazi killing. Oh, but, we were all with him with the Nazi killing. But then he thought, then he wants to basically eradicate the whole world, which is very similar to what the people were doing that he just killed. Yes. Mm. Now, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Yes. So, in the climax of the graphic novel, uh, V destroys the government's CCTV surveillance buildings, eroding, eroding sorry, its control over British citizens. Right. However... V is mortally wounded when he is shot by Finch, the man he left alive from earlier. Dickhead. Uh, <laughs> ah, he's not so bad now. Ah, you know, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, V was going to blow everyone up. So. Yeah, so Finch <laughs> now is kind of like, right, well, I was with you, but now you want to kill everyone. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm literally fighting the same problem here. <laughs> like, you've just given me, you've taken away my plate full of shit and had to be another smaller plate full of shit. But I still don't want to eat <laughs> shit, no, V. I don't, V. Fuck off. So after V is shot, he staggers back to the shadow gallery. Good. Uh, where, he, where he dies in Evie's arms. Mm. Um, Evie then puts him uh, in... in uh, essentially, uh, it's a Viking funeral in an underground train. So, what he's done, he's he foresaw that he might die on that night. So, what he did is he got the underground train ready. It was rigged with explosives. And then it stops under number 10 Downing Street. Right, so as, a, as a last... Of the Prime Minister. Yeah, as a last fuck you. Yeah, and so... Evie then sends this train off, knowing full well what it's going to do, uh, giving V a Viking funeral, and Evie then takes up the mantle of V. And I think that's really interesting, but also, what does that leave for her to do? Like, it's... it Surely it just escalates, <laughs> because it's every government now she's on the lookout for. Now, now she's just like, you have to give me a bigger headache, V. I'll be honest with you, I had a much smaller plate of problems while you weren't blowing up number 10 Downing Street. Yeah, like, it, it, at a certain point, this novel turns from a man, like, fighting against injustice. And it basically turns into domestic terrorism. Which is very interesting, because, like, it's just, it's all, I'm sure, just, um... What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, it's to reflect the real life of what would happen in that regard that so easily you can be turned 
you can have good ideals, but eventually your idea could get soured as well. As the Dark Knight said... I'm just about to do it. <laughs> the Dark Knight is... And that line, I'm sure, has been said many times in hundreds of different ways, but it's like either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think exactly. a, a comic book normally has a hard time showing that. Normally it's Normally it's the villain's tale, but... To do it from the hero's perspective and you see the downfall is something very interesting. Yeah, and um, it's... I said I'd come back to it earlier that Alan Moore was not happy with the portrayal of V in the film. Mm. Um, now, Alan Moore historically doesn't like the films that are made of his work. Alan Moore why. hates a lot of things, though. He really does. Yeah. He really does. The Grand Wizard Alan Moore, as he likes to be referred <laughs> of course, to. Of course, of course. Um, but he, he, and his argument, you kind of, I kind of get it because he, it turned V from like a morally ambiguous maybe madman, with with you know with a clear goal, and it turned him into like a cape wearing superhero who was fighting for the people. Mm. And and I think. A lot of movies, you kind of have to do that in movie form, though. Whereas in the comic books themselves, you can be ambiguous because people are reading just for the story. Whereas if people go to the cinema, they want to feel like there's a start, middle and end. So like it ends and he saved somebody. Or they'd have to end on something where he saved somebody rather than he blows shit up. And unless they're going to do a sequel. Yeah, exactly. And in the movie as well, it's not just, oh, V blows a lot of people up and it's fine. It's the people rise up against the government. Like, he radicalizes the people to rise up, which is a much more idealized view of how to overthrow a dictatorship. Yeah, and and a lot of people are wearing cool masks. Oh, those cool masks. They're very anonymous. <laughs> so if we look at powers and abilities for V, then... Do you have a powers um, and abilities rating here? Oh, I do. He's not on the <laughs> 1 to 7. That's that's okay. not involved yet. Okay. But, um, he has superhuman strength, enhanced reflexes, enhanced intellect, uh, superhuman stamina, super durability. Um, he's able to take hundreds of bullets against his body armor, and it does little, if anything, to keep him down or repeat his, his, his abilities. Jesus. Yeah, um, he has superhuman agility and superhuman speed. Um, he's also skilled with demolitions. Uh, he, as you know, he was able to make a bomb from gardening supplies. Yeah, and he made some mustard. Made, oh, he, he's that, go, he's that. good with condiments. Doesn't say it there, but I'm filling in the gaps. <laughs> a bit of sweet chilli sauce <laughs> over your noodles, sir. He's, he's the man you want when you have a hot dog. That's what I'll say. That's all I'll say about me, and that's that. <laughs> I'm sitting back now, arms folded. <laughs> He's also skilled with firearms, hand-to-hand combat, swordsmanship, um, stealth, intimidation, charisma. He's a very charismatic <laughs> figure. Charisma? Is he the rock? He, he, like... He's he's able to just talk his way out of situations and into situations. I don't think he strikes me as very charismatic. You tell me Hugo even isn't charismatic. I think Hugo, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I yeah. mean, but uh, but yeah. I mean, he did have to do a lot of torture on Evie to convince her. That's that's a form of charisma. <laughs> yeah, I've always seen the Rock torture people. That's why they like him so much. That's why they smelled what he was cooking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he was giving them literal skilled. plates of shit. 
<laughs> very small ones, though. Very small ones, yeah. So he's also skilled in disguise and thievery as well. Okay. But, so, I mean, is he, list of is, he, is he good at disguises, or does he just have one disguise? He does have one really good disguise, but no one suspects that he's a man with horrific burns, you know? <laughs> I don't think you can get disguises if you only have one disguise. I think you got to be a master of loads of them. He, I've only ever seen him in mainly one. Well, like a master of the violin doesn't have to play every violin, just one. Yeah, but, but you wouldn't say Batman is good at disguises. Batman is good at disguises. He though. is. I've seen him in more disguises than I've seen V. <laughs> Yeah, this is possible. This is possible. Who's a master of disguise? He's good. He's good at disguise, not disguises. He's good at one disguise. He's good at one disguise. That's what I said. Disguise. He's skilled in disguise. No, yeah, but um, he's. Oh, he, here you go. Go up. He can, he can impersonate others uh, and disguise his voice. How about that? Oh, that's okay. I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think V the the movie itself they do show him to be a lot more heroic, um, and I think that works for the movie. But of course, I don't think Alan Moore's going to be happy with that because if you write the character a certain way, you want that to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's all goes down to like he had a vision of what V was, and that's what ended up on the screen is different to that. Mm. Um, well, I do think the movie is very well made. I think it's a very enjoyable thing to watch. I, I would. I kind of want to watch it now. To be honest with you, I do a bit as well. Do you want mm. to watch it together? We'll watch it together. Come on, <laughs> we'll put it Come on. on the there's Patreon. nothing stopping us. <laughs> <laughs> is there a global actually, that, pandemic? What? <laughs> that could go into the hat for Patreon. Actually, we'll throw it in. V for Vendetta. For what's it, for look, what's it worth? We, we'll, we'll pick one out. Also, um, I think Roshin, uh, one of our patrons, Roshin, messaged us and said we have to do a Christmas episode for December, of course. Yeah. So she suggested Jingle All the Way, and I'm all about that. Now I'm I'm I that may give me the idea of everyone throwing all your Christmas movies because I want to see what comes out of the hat. We'll put it into a Santa hat. All the Christmas movies can be yeah. in the Santa hat. And yeah. all the regular movies can be in that top hat that I wear. Occasionally. <laughs> when you record. <laughs> I'm very fancy. <laughs> a little monocle, just in case. <laughs> Twiddling my moustache. <laughs> um, so is that it for Hero Zero this week, Sean? That is it, Connor. Would you like to take us out? Yes. Yeah, so you can, um, as I said, Roshan was on one of our Patreons, but if you want to contact us or give us any ideas or just have get more interested in the podcast, you want to support us in any way, you can head over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Heroes for Hire podcast. That link is underneath. Um, for... $5 a month you get an extra episode that is our Lazarus Pitch show where we go back and review one comic book character one comic book movie I should say that character and Ooh. we just see if it holds up in any way so now last month we did the pa- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because the patrons have decided that just throw baddie movies at us and we put them all into the hat and we pick one out every single month um, if you don't want to do that you can support us on Twitter it's at Heroes for Hire Pod the four is the number four if you want to give us a follow there uh, Heroes for Hire Podcast at Heroes for Hire Podcast on Instagram at Heroes for Hire Podcast on Facebook 
And if you could leave a like and review on iTunes or any whatever podcast app you're using right now to listen to this, just give us a review that would really help us out. And most importantly, just tell one human being that we exist. Just the one. So I have been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mayen. And I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.